Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Fletcher Ellingson, who is a speaker, coach, and creator of The Practice of Feeling Good in Business and in Life. Fletcher, how are you doing? Hey, I am doing exceedingly well, and I'm happy to be here with you. Dude, happy to have you. Happy to have you. Excited for the show. He got me all amped up in the little (laughs) pre-talk before the show. Um, So, Fletcher, why don't you start with telling us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do for fun? Yeah, so... Um, I do a lot of stuff. I love, uh, so I've been a professional magician for over 30 years. Uh, I love swing dancing. I play the drums. I play the uh, guitar. I play piano. I love to sing. Uh, my wife and I love to swing dance. We love to cut a rug and get out there and, and, uh, and move around the dance floor, have fun. Um, uh, I love parenting and, uh, I love passionate about pickleball. I don't know if you, have you ever played pickleball? I've not. Oh man, that is a workout of a sport and so much fun. Super high, super fast paced. And it's, you'll probably hear about it now if you haven't, because it's like spreading like wildfire across our country, but pickleball is such a blast. Um, Yeah. And so that's what I do, who I am. That's another story. Uh, Who I am is a, uh, I'm a clearing for people to feel safe, uh, heard, and empowered. And why I say that is because what my main passion is coaching people, helping them get from where they're at to where they want to be. And I um, primarily I work with people in the in the business world, right entrepreneurs, and they they've got to feel like they're heard, they've got to feel safe, they've got to feel empowered to rise up to the to the task that that they have in front of them, which is to build a business so they can you know, make a difference for their family and their communities and make the impact that they want to make. Yeah, for sure. When did you find that that was your motivation, being that space for people to feel safe, heard, and empowered? Uh, well, it's, it started all the way back in elementary school. Uh, a gentleman, I was, had, I mean, I was a little tiny kid, right? Just young, elementary school. Like, I mean, it was like, this was third or fourth grade. I uh, went to school. We had a school assembly. And a guy named Wayne Bredberg came in to the school assembly. I had no idea what was, he was going to talk about. But what he began talking about was PMA, positive mental attitude. And um, I'm, I'm sure he was a great speaker. He's probably witty, uh, funny. Um, and at the end of the assembly, he gave every single child a reflective sticker that you could put on your backpack or your lunch pail or your coat. And this was, these reflective stickers were kind of a big deal because back that, uh, when I was a kid, like at nighttime, we'd be running around the neighborhood, nothing reflective on us, right? We, you know, there was no helmets, no seatbelts and no, no reflective gear. And what happened was this guy had hit a child at night And he felt terrible about it because he hadn't seen her. And so he actually, he's like, 
He's like, Lord, what good could possibly come from this? I am, I am ready to serve. Let me make something good come of this. I don't know what it is, but, and so he got this vision of, of creating a program to give these kids stickers and, and reflective gear to put on them they, that they, so they could be seen at night. So he wrote the company 3M, you know, MMM, the 3M company, they make all sorts of uh, products, right? And he said, hey, here's, here's my vision. And they, gave, they, they said, we'll fund you for 50,000 stickers. So they sent him 50,000 stickers and he began traveling around elementary schools, giving these lectures, talking about positive mental attitude. Um, and then this was his kind of a takeaway as he left the audience. Well, I put that sticker on my bedpost. I had a metal bedpost and I put it on my bedpost. So I saw this sticker, um, you know, uh, start your day with PMA, start your day with positive mental attitude. And then the other tagline was expect something wonderful to happen. And it's pretty cool, Timothy. That was the start. Somebody, somebody put a, gave me a message that stuck. And from there on, even in elementary school, I started, started reading Norman Vincent Peale's The uh, Power of Positive Thinking, right? And I remember my dad just walking out one day, I was sitting on the front porch, I was reading this book. He's like, hey, Fletch, what you reading? I was like, uh, the power of positive thinking. And he's like, by Norman Vincent Peale? He's like, yeah. He's like, man, you are an odd kid. Because who else was reading that kind of stuff, right? Personal development, right? Yep. And long story short, fast forward through decades of living, uh, poor decision-making, uh, lots of experience, and, and finally some good decision-making based on that uh, lousy uh, uh, previous experiment uh, experience. Uh, I got into the coaching space and I actually ended up reaching out to that guy who was at the assembly, the speaker, I was like, cause I, I thought, cause somebody else like yourself asked me like, when did it all start? And I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if Wayne is still living. I should contact him. So I actually got a hold of him and did an interview with him. Um, he's, he's like 80 years old now. Um, so that was pretty, that was a pretty cool story. Dude, yeah, for, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, let's jump into your dreams and goals. Tell us a little bit about your vision for your business and your life. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what, I'm so blessed to be living my dream. <laughs> I really am. I mean, I get to meet all these interesting people like yourself and business owners like all over the country, right? All Actually all over the world. And I get to help them get from A to B. Um, nothing is more exciting to me than transformation. That's, I mean, transformation lights me up. When you become, evolve into somebody else, that next, that next level of yourself, right? And, and usually what is right before that transformation is a massive upset, right? You're usually stuck. There's a saying, you know, if you wanna, uh, if you're in a breakdown, be grateful because that means a breakthrough is right around the corner. You cannot have a breakthrough without a breakdown. So the, so the, the more intense your breakdown, man, the more intense, the more beautiful that breakthrough is going to be. And that's what I get to help facilitate um, with my clients uh, in their businesses. I mean, nothing, I mean, I, I have, I've had two of my clients uh, actually who are in real estate um, this week told me this has been my best uh, my best month and my best year ever. Um, and, and, uh, and so I get these emails and, and uh, texts and stuff all the time, like Fletcher, you're never going to believe what happened. Right. 
And it's so exciting because, the, and what, what has allowed them to do that is a transformed mind. And that's exciting work. So uh, to answer your question, I'm living my, I'm living my dream life right now. I got, I've got a wonderful marriage. We travel. Uh, I can do this business from wherever I want. We go to Maui once or twice a year. And I love being able to travel and, and work remotely. Um, so my dream is just to continue to do that uh, at a higher level and to uplift as many people as I possibly can um, through what you and I are doing right here. Like you're, you're helping bring an important message to a wider audience, which I totally respect. And it's exciting when you think about the podcasting world. It's, ex it's exciting when you think about people who want to uplift others. Like we have this incredible opportunity to reach uh, so many more people than I had when I was a kid. I mean, there were like five channels on the TV, right? And there were a couple, a couple of radio stations. But we're able to bring a message of hope and uh, possibility to a wider audience. And I actually believe like the practice of feeling good, that's the, that's the name of my curriculum, right? I believe that that message, the, uh, the, the power of feeling good in your daily life, that's what can absolutely transform the world. And I don't, and I don't mean that, I don't think that wars are ever gonna stop, but could there be fewer of them? Could there be, uh, could they last, um, uh, could the duration be shorter? Could the intensity be shorter? Could it be faster to broker peace? Yeah. And I believe it starts with the messages that, that we're talking about here and also that you're talking with a many of your guests about. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love that. And I love that you are living your dream life. That is epic. So yeah. I guess you spoke about transformation. Usually I ask this question at the end of the show, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it right now. Let's do it. You know how there are people on the planet that have that fixed mindset, aren't willing to accept help and aren't willing to accept change. And sometimes they live their whole life like that and die like that. And then other times they have that transformation and they go to growth mindset, willing to accept change, willing to accept help. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? Yeah. So, um, so that's a good question. And, the, and for me, the answer is this, um, either there's going to be a massive breakdown that you're going to experience where you say, screw it, no more. I'm, I, I can't live like this any longer. It's too painful, right? So that the pain level has become too much and it, and it, and it propels them into a diff, taking a different action. Or they can be so inspired by something that they're like, oh man, I want that. I want some of that for myself. You know, that looks fun. That feels good, right? So we're either motivated by pain or pleasure. Um, and we're doing that all day long. I mean, from the every decision you make is based on pain and pleasure. So let me ask you a question. Do you, do you drink uh, coffee or tea or anything like that in the mornings? Uh, I'm a strictly water guy in the mornings. <laughs> all right. I love it. I love it. So this, so this answer works too. Why? Why do you drink? Why is drinking water your go-to beverage actually it's a pain and pleasure thing okay so i drink water because it makes me feel good it hydrates me but yeah. i don't drink coffee because like growing up my mom would be like we have addictive personalities and i don't want to get addicted to things that i don't need i love to it i love it so 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 yeah so you can see like even in the seemingly mundane decisions those are motivated by 
I want, I don't, I, you know, I, I want to stay away from the painful thing. And I want that thing that has some sort of pleasure. It's like the carrot and the stick, right? And, and most people don't realize that this is, this is impacting their decision-making all day long. And so they, they're like, God, why did I do that? Or how did I end up in this, in this situation? Um, when we can begin to use those tools to work for us instead of against us, whoa, the trajectory of your life massively changes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So what, how do you help people or how would you suggest we all help people in our lives go from acting off of like, you know, pain and desperation to really focusing on that inspiration side yeah. of our lives? Yeah. So the, the thing, so you can't tell anybody to do anything, right? I mean, unless, unless you're like working with, unless you're working with me and you're like, uh, Fletcher, I hired you to tell me what to do, right? But even then, I'm not going to necessarily tell you what to do. I'm going to get curious about what's about what is motivating your actions. So the, the thing that we can really, um, the thing that really pays dividends is to get curious about your actions, about curious about how your brain works, to get curious about the life you're creating, get curious about why things are happening to you, get curious about why um, you're at the income level you're at, why your marriage is maybe suffering these, these problems. Get curious about everything. It's the, the inquiry into being, the inquiry into being is one of the most transformative experiences. When you get curious about your, yourself, your decision-making, your standards, right? Um, your beliefs, your fears, your story. When you get, cre when you get create, uh, curious about your story of life, man, things start to change in a hurry. And what I mean by that is, see, everything is a story. If, if, I heard you talking about fear on one of your uh, previous podcasts with one of your guests. And um, you guys were referencing like Will Smith was talking about uh, fear is not even real, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I totally get that. At the heart of fear, at the very core of fear is simply a story. Everything comes down to our story. You see, fear is a story. Oh my God, that's, if I go into that burning house, uh, I probably won't make it out alive. That's one story. But the, but the firefighter who actually does go into the house has a different story. His story is one of courage. And at the, and at the core of courage is simply another story. But his story is one that is compelling. His story is, we're going to go in there, we're going to get the people who are trapped in there, and we're going to all come out, and we're going to be, everyone's going to be safe. We've trained for this, we're ready for this, this is our shining moment, let's do it. They have a story that is compelling and inspiring, whereas fear, the story is dreadful, uh, scary, that story is not compelling, it wants to make you run away right? Everything comes down to our story. So get curious about your story. What's your story? What kind of storybook are you in? Are you in an adventure, a romance? Are you in a tragedy? You know, what are you in? Yeah. I want to be in an adventure. I want to be in an adventure and I want to have lots of adventures and I want to have a lot of fun. This is going to be a feel good movie. It's going to be rich with emotion. It's going to be rich with experiences and, and connection, right? That's the story I want. I love it. 
I love it. I really love that answer. And it actually, because usually people talk about that self-awareness, but I think that story piece, like when you really get down to your core, it really gets at our, uh, I've been learning a lot about limiting beliefs, you know, yeah. like needing to like both see it for myself and address it myself, but like going forward, like being able to help clients, like identify, isolate and change those limiting beliefs. It's like, man, it really gets at that. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, awesome. I am curious to know about your year-long rejection experiment that you mentioned before the show. And mm -hmm. was it curiosity about your story that sparked that? Tell us about those two things. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, again, good question. Like, was it, what, what was I getting curious about? I was getting curious about why I had this fear of rejection. Why was I, why was I hesitant to uh, do the outreach calls, right? Why was I hesitant to ask, make a request to people? Why was I uh, hesitant to ask for people's business? You know, what would happen? And, and so, and so I got curious about that. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm fearful of that. They're going to, so at this, my story, my, my fear story was, they're not going to like me. They're going to reject me. They're going to say, no, they don't need what I'm, I'm offering. Um, they'll probably badmouth me. Uh, it's going to, it's going to feel really yucky. Uh, I don't know what to ask for. I'm not articulate, whatever. I mean, it was a, you know, you, if you're in sales long enough, uh, you, you're going to discover your story. You're going to, you're going to come up against yourself. And I, and, and I was very successful already um, by, by the, by, by sales standards. I was extremely successful, but even then I was coming up against this fear of rejection. So I was like, man, this is limiting me. This is putting a cap uh, on my, this is cap putting a ceiling on me. And if I'm limiting myself here, where else am I fearful of? What if I could get past this fear of rejection? I mean, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be incredible? Oh yeah. To be, so, so I decided I wanted to become a master asker. I wanted to be able to ask for anything, anytime of anyone to do that. I was going to have to become desensitized to people saying, no, get the hell out of here. Not interested. Hanging up on me. I had to become desensitized. So what I, what I came up with, I, I actually got the idea from a Ted talk uh, that I watched and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do a year's worth of rejection experiments where I go out to complete strangers and I make ridiculous audacious requests of them. These, these have to, first of all, and here are the rules. Number one, they've got to scare the hell out of me. These requests have got, I've got to be scared to make this request. Number two, I can't tell anybody ahead of time that I'm doing it. I can't do it to impress my friends. Like, Hey guys, watch this. What I, I'm going to go make this. Nope. Can't do that. Number three, I can't tell the person why I'm making the request. Okay. So, so these requests, uh, helped were helped me become way more powerful and okay with myself and the lessons I learned were phenomenal but I was I was some of these things I did I chickened out and but then I, I mean there was one time where I, I said okay I'm going to go ask a complete stranger in this coffee shop to sit down and have a staring contest with me that seems easy right it seems like you and I are talking about it it seems like okay that's easy but when you actually go in there and identify somebody you're gonna to ask and you go over there and sit down. I mean, I was shaking, I was sweating. I was like, so on this one, I identified the person, 
I started walking towards them. And at the very last minute, I, wa I walked straight out of the, uh, the coffee shop because they were sitting right by a door. I just walked straight out. I got in my car and, and I drove away and I got to the stop sign. I was like, Fletcher, dude, you just chickened out. You, 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 this is, you've got to go back and do that. This is why you have to go back and do this because you're just asking someone to stare into your eyes, right? But, it's, but, what, but what, I'm, what, what I'm actually doing is breaking down social norms. I'm, I'm, see, you don't just, we're taught, you don't just go ask somebody to have a staring contest with you, right? Nope. You don't, we barely stare into each other's eyes very long without looking away, right? There's all these social norms. So I went back in there, took a deep breath, and I imagined, so this is me stepping into my, my story of courage. I imagined it happening and how good I'm going to feel when I get that no, because I'll have a, all I'm, all I'm going for is a no. Yeah. I just want someone to reject me. It should be easy, right? Yeah. So I walk up there and I, and I sit down and I said, excuse me, would you mind? Uh, I said, excuse me, my name's Fletcher. I was wondering if you would have a staring contest with me. Um, the first person to blink loses. And when I make these requests frequently, it's, it is, um, it's interrupting their, their pattern thinking, right? This is a pattern interrupt. Nobody, nobody starts a conversation like that. So, so the person said exactly what most of the people said when I first make requests, they're like, what? It, it, didn't, it didn't make sense, like, what? I said, hi, my name is Fletcher. I was wondering if you um, would have a staring contest with me, the first person to blink loses. And then there was a, a moment of a pause. And then the person said, okay, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so we had the staring contest. Uh, I don't remember who won or lost, but after that, I was like, hey, thanks so much. Good to meet you. You know, have a good one. And, and so here's what I discovered, Timothy, is that more people said yes to these crazy requests than said no. Mm. And what, and let me tell you what some of the cool things that happened. I flew down to Mazatlan, Mexico, my wife and I, and I was, this was during the time I was doing these um, experiments. And on the plane, I was like, oh man, I need to go, I need to do some experiments. Even though I'm on vacation, I got to keep on doing these. So I decided on the plane, I'm going to ask the sales manager at this big fancy resort we were going to, I'm going to ask him if I can come and be a, a, a guest speaker and lead and, and, and do a, a mini seminar uh, to all his, his agents that sell timeshares time there. Now, he doesn't know me. I don't know him. No reason we, sh we should be able to do that. But I got off the, got the plane. We went to the resort. I found this guy. His name is Mario. I was like, hey, Mario. Uh, I was wondering if I could have five minutes of your time. If it goes past that, you know, it's on you. Um, and he said, uh, sure, come on in. Five minutes turned into 10, 10 into 15, 15 into 20. And at the end of our conversation tomorrow, he says, I'd love for you to come and speak to my agents. In fact, not only do I want you to speak, I'm going to make it mandatory that all 50 of them are in attendance. <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of crazy stuff that's happened. I mean, this is how I got my television show, right? Why, why would I... The people I went down there, I said, hey, I got this idea for a television show. They, don't, they didn't know who I was. And I pitched them this idea. And they thought about it. And they're like, let's do it. 
So my, I mean, my wife and I do this show together. She's a family physician. We, I, I bring, we go, uh, we talk about health, wealth, and relationships and positive mindset. And, and um, we just uh, celebrated our hundredth episode um, um, a couple of months ago. I mean, so these crazy things happen as a result of my, my willingness to, to move past my story of fear. And, and, and that's what's possible. That is amazing. I was, I was curious about how many of those actually turned into yeses. And <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what's so crazy is most of them turned into yeses. I once walked up to a, a house, didn't know them, completely different state, knocked on the door, asked them if, we could, if I could play ping pong with one of their family members because I saw in their garage as I was walking by, they had a ping pong table. <laughs> and it, the woman eventually she, she when I asked her she said same thing as always all the other people she's like what <laughs> do I know you I said no you know she shut the door I heard some talking behind the door her husband came to the door she said my wife said you were looking to play ping pong and I said yeah I, I love playing ping pong I saw you guys have a ping pong table I was wondering if anybody <laughs> wants to play ping pong and he says, hold on a second, shuts the door again. I hear more voices behind the door. The door opens again. It's a young teenager. He says, my dad says you want to play ping pong. I said, yeah. Would you like to play? He's like, sure, let's go. So we played two games and I was like, cool. Have a good day. I'll see you later. I mean, what's possible if we get out of our comfort zone is incredible. You know, so how many opportunities are we, are we missing out on? Are we playing a small game of life or a big game of life? Are we being held back by our, our fear of rejection? What might be possible if we started making requests of other people? And I don't mean from a manipulative standpoint. I'm saying what ha would happen if you begin asking, like you said before the show, you're, you're focusing on who to, con who to connect with, right? You're not, you're not talking about, you're not worrying so much about the how you're looking at who can I connect with? Heck yeah. Who could you connect with? How about just making a list and reaching out to all of them, making the requests, the worst it can, can say is no. Yep. Right. And what I ultimately realized was they're not rejecting me. They were simply rejecting my request. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Now I want to hear about why our values don't mean crap. <laughs> yeah. So why, why, you know, you, uh, we hear a lot about values, company values. Hey, let's have a, let's have a meeting and, and establish what our company values are, people. Everyone get the notepads out. And uh, I can tell you exactly what the values will be of every company. They're the same values that you and I have. So Timothy, let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you value honesty? I do. Oh, okay. All right, big surprise. Okay, let's write it down, honesty. Uh, how about connection? Do you, do you value connection? I do. <laughs> okay. Do you value freedom? Yep. All right. Do you value uh, collaboration? I do, yeah. What about creativity? That's also a good one. Do you value being prompt on time? Mm -hmm. Do you value keep, be, uh, uh, keeping your word, like integrity? I do, yep. Okay. Um, do you value um, uh, 
uh, uh, instruction, advice, mentorship? Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, how about family? Do you value family? Family is a good one. What about loyalty? Also a great one. Love? Yes. All right. Justice? (laughs) Yep. Okay. So basically what, so you're telling me, Timothy, that you have the exact same values as the mob, the cartel, because they value honesty, even amongst them, they value honesty. Do they, do they, does the mob value loyalty? Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, (laughs) right. Big time. time, Do they value family? Absolutely. Do they value money? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, they value wealth, the ability to make a living, right? Mm-hmm. Freedom. Yeah. Uh, do they value collaboration? Yes, they do. Yeah, they value creativity. They do. You see, nobody has different values. We all value the same things, mm-hmm. but we think we we misinterpret what a value is. You see, like frequently when people go out in the dating scene. They're like, well, I want to meet with, I want to, I really want to meet somebody that has the same values as me. Well, that's everybody in the world. Let me just let you in on a secret. That's everybody. Yep. Everybody has the same values. The Democrats and the Republicans, they have this exact same values, even though each of them are taking pot shots at each other saying, we're about values. No, they're not about, no. We're all about values. They all have the same values, family values, freedom values, right? So listen, if we all have the same values, then why don't, but we're not all in the mafia, right? So what's the, what's the differentiating thing? It's, values don't clearly move the needle for entrepreneurs or wherever it's just because you have these wonderful core values doesn't mean you're going to be successful in your business or your marriage or as a parent or as a, a podcaster it's simply they don't move the needle because and here's why because values are simply an indicator of preference all values do is they point to your preferences Say that one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Indi- uh, values are simply an indicator of our preferences. Now, if you really want to move the, the, the needle, the thing you've got to do is get serious about your values. And that means we set standards. What's my standard around family time? Because every, every working, busy um, mother and father claim that they value family time everyone you're not going to meet someone says no i don't value family time no i value family time but what's your standard around family time do you work into the wee hours of the night or do you actually put away the computer because my standard is that from from uh seven o'clock to eight thirty we're ha- we're hanging out as a family I have a standard that says we go on a family vacation, one big one, at least once a year, and we do at least three or four getaways, weekend getaways as a family. We spend time on the weekends together as a family. See, I have a standard. 
around what family time is. I don't just give a lip service. We actually spend family time together. It's like scheduled in. I, I've, met, I've met clients who value money and wealth, but they don't have a savings account. Yep. You see, there's a gap there, right? Their standard is living paycheck to paycheck. Now, please hear me. There's nothing wrong with that. I am not diminishing that. I lived paycheck for paycheck for many years. You do know why? Because I didn't have a standard that said, I absolutely pay myself first. Yeah. See, I was a standard is what you're willing to settle for. It's, it's what you're willing to settle for, not what you want. A standard is not what you want. It's what you're willing to settle for. Now, if you are fortunate and your standards, what you want meets what you're willing to settle for, then you're well aligned. But I, I wanted wealth, but I, when I looked at my, page, uh, my uh, bank account, there wasn't any money there or very little, right? Yep. Because I, didn't have a, I, was, I was willing to settle for living paycheck to paycheck, month to month. When I changed that, when I set a brand new standard, and that brand new standard was I pay myself every month. Every month I pay myself first, and then I pay my bills. When I, when I began doing that, then, then my standard began to match my value. And that's when I began getting, uh, accumulating wealth and became wealthy. So does that, does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And I kind of want to ask, how does one change their standards? Thank you for asking the critical question. Yes, gold star, buddy. Because this, I mean, because this is, remember, this goes back to what we were saying earlier. Get curious. Get curious about your story. My story was that I was always going to be struggling for money. And so my standard met, matched that belief. Guess what? I was struggling for money. Mm. So what, what I had to do um, to, to change my standards was, number one, get clear about what your standard is right now. What's your standard for health? your health and fitness. I'm not, I, Hey, we all value being healthy, but look at our country. Most of the country is not healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging them. I'm just saying, if you are listening to this and you're like, I value health, but you're not healthy. There's a gap between your value and your standard. That's why your value doesn't mean Jack. It doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't move the needle because it's simply indicating a preference and that preference is not even something you have. So get honest about what your standard is right now in your health, wealth, and relationships. Don't start, don't stop lying to yourself stop looking the other way. Get brutally honest with what your standards are right now in your health, wealth, and relationships or in your business. Be able to articulate it. Like for me, my health and fitness, my, the standard that I have is I can go out and run a certain level triathlon any day of the week. I'm always in that level of condition that I can go run a triathlon. Now, I didn't always have that. Believe me, I didn't always have that. And, and this year, I actually lowered it. I'm not, instead of doing an Olympic distance triathlon at any time, like, so, so Timothy, if you said, hey, Fletcher, I'm going to be in Chelan tomorrow. Let's do, uh, join me for this Olympic I want to be able to go out and do it. But anyways, this year I lowered it. 
And I'm because I because I, I don't I don't want to have that level of fitness anymore. It's not it's not as as important to me. I still want to be fit, right? Um, but I but I was able to articulate what my standard was. Be able to get articulate what your standard is, and if it serves your life, great. If it doesn't, now you're going to know. And the next thing to do is define the standard that you want. Like for me, Timothy, I always a hundred percent of the time. I'm always paid up on my utilities, my um, uh, even my mortgage. I'm I'm always paid ahead. I'm always paid ahead, like three or four months minimum on all of my utilities. Why? Because my standard is I will never be behind on a bill again. Because I I used to be, and I was like no more. In fact, I'm never going to have to worry about it because I'm simply paying months in advance. That's a standard, right? So get clear about the standards. And then the next thing, the final thing to answer your question, how do you do it? Get around people who have the standards that you want to have. That's powerful because as you probably already know, you will rise or, or, or sink to the level, to the standard, to the level of standards that, of the people you hang out with the most, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's the thing. So get around people. You want to get healthy? Better get around people who are healthy. Want to get fit? Don't be hanging out at the bars on Saturday night because you got to be you, hanging out with the people who are working out at the gym on Saturday morning, right? Like get around people who, now, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with hanging out at the bars. I'm not judging. Did, I had plenty of that myself. Nothing wrong with it, but I have a different standard now. And so that's not where I hang out. I hang out with people who are playing pickleball, who are active, who are who are uh, uh, have a mindset, a growth mindset, who are interested in learning about business. Right? I'm hanging out with people who are making audacious goals. Right? I'm learning. I'm hanging out with people who are learning about cryptocurrency and becoming crypto millionaires. I'm learning about people who are doing taking on life in a big way because their story. We're back to the story because their story. The story that they're in is an adventure. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I guess my last follow-up question is, why do people have standards that don't align with their values in the first place? Yes, because think back to your schooling. And I'm going to think back to mine. There was not one class that addressed what a standard was. Facts. Right? Nobody is talking about this, or I shouldn't say nobody. Very, there are very few people talking about these things. And so what what we're left to do growing up is we just model the standards that were modeled for us. So, oh, if if your parents kept a messy house, chances are you probably keep a messy house too, right? Because it was modeled for you. We didn't, it wasn't never talked about like, hey, Timothy, uh, our standard is to keep a filthy house. Now, people don't talk like that, right? It's just modeled. Or I remember going over to some people's homes and it was, I mean, we had a tidy house, but I remember this one woman, I, uh, house I went over to, to my friends, his mom kept the house immaculate. Like you couldn't barely play in that house, right? I mean, it was like playing is outdoors. You would eat and sleep indoors. I mean, her standard was to keep the house immaculate. Um, and then we model those standards. So to answer your question, why don't why is there such a, uh, a gap? Why is there such a disconnect? Because 
we're simply, it's not on our radar. We haven't had these conversations growing up. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, I think we're going to end the show with a couple of the questions from our thriving three. So our first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely The Matrix. Because mm. again, The Matrix is all about breaking free, right? It's, it is about the ultimate transformation. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And what's one yeah. way you like to take care of yourself? Uh, yeah, I love getting a massage. Uh, that feels really, really good. Um, and playing pickleball as often as I can, because that also feels really good. Awesome. And we're going to switch up the last question. Usually it's one action step you can take right now, but what is one audacious request that you can make right now that still has some of that fear in you? If there is one. That is a good one. Let me think about that. Um, You know what? Uh, gosh, I'm gonna have to just give that some. I, 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 I'm doing pretty well with my ability to ask people. <laughs> so uh, I know that I know there are right because I'm not because I still have more to I still have more to evolve. I got to get there's always next levels, right? That's a really good one. That's a good question. Uh, I don't have an answer right now because and I and I don't want to just like stay on here going, uh, 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 <laughs> so if I've, so what, here's my commitment. I will, uh, as I come, as I think about that more and I come up with one, uh, if I will email it to you just so, uh, uh I'm my word. Okay. Sounds good. And his audacious request will be in the show notes so you all can follow up with him and make sure he asked. <laughs> right on. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, sounds good. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Um, I'd love to hear from uh, if anybody has questions, if they're, if they're looking to find out more about the practice of feeling good in business and life, you can reach me at FletcherEllingson.com and, uh, or email me at Fletcher at FletcherEllingson.com. I've got on my website, I've got all sorts of free resources. In fact, you can sign up for my uh, free video course. This is not fluff. This is not a bunch of just fluff filler. This is uh, part of the course that my clients go through. It's a, it's a, a year long course that my clients go through and we use some of these, uh, very videos in it. So go sign up, get some, uh, get some good information and really just pay attention to the story. Like really begin to get curious about what's motivating my decision-making, what's motivating my actions and get curious about the story you have about everything and get curious about what your standards are. Get curious because that curiosity will lead you to the next level of being. Mm, I love it. Well, awesome. You guys heard him. Make sure to reach out to him if you guys are curious about the practice of feeling good in business and in life. The way to do it will be in the show notes. We'll have all his links in there and stuff. Fletcher, thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure, man. Take care. Awesome. As we always ask, you guys send this podcast to one to two people you know need to hear this message. And you know, five to 10 people might need to hear this message in your circle. So go ahead and send it to as many as need to hear it. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. All right. 
Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.